cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to an episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Oliver Higgins, CEO and founder of Higgs. Oliver, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? Uh, fantastic. Thank you much, so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on this. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. So let's talk cannabis. And when did you get into it? How, how did you find your way into cannabis? So, I mean, smoked my first joint at 13 years old, playing like GoldenEye and N64, you know, summer, summer of middle school. And then that was just kind of like, you know, you smoked weed in California. That was just like part of the, like, what you did growing up. Like, it's not like we didn't like drink or have those kind of high school parties. It was like kind of like a West Coast, you know, mentality. But I was in college, as I mentioned, Miami. I came home one summer. And then like medical California kind of like quickly became like a mainstream thing. Like I went to this guy, got a medical card. And that day I bought plants and planted them in my garage. And then I grew weed for 10 years as a hobby because it was just like a fun thing to do. Like you could legally do it and like nothing better than growing your own stuff. For sure. And then getting started, was there a thought when you're during that period, you were going to start your own brand? It was one that just kind of just trickled into fruition. No, again, it was like kind of just like a side hobby thing. And I like from LA, I went to film school. Like I thought I'd be a director, which I kind of did after college, started my own production company and like went to go work for an HBO writer and a couple of those shows. And then kind of not like disillusioned by Hollywood. I just like grew up in this world. It just felt kind of small and I wanted to do something else. And it was either like keep making films, maybe move to New York, London, something that's like different than LA, but ultimately like I love California. Like you just can't beat Southern California lifestyle for me. So stay here and do something else. And a friend had opened up a dispensary. So he knew I grew. He's like, Hey, why don't you grow for the dispensary and rebrand the store? And then about six months into that, that got shut down. And at that point I was like, well, I'm full in cannabis. Like this is what I've always kind of wanted to do. Like I've been a part of this, whether I've, you know, thought it or not for so long. And I've started clothing companies before I had the film company. So like, how can I do that under one banner? And being a joint smoker, I just wanted to create my product that I would want for myself. So take us through the origin of the brand and then kind of like, what was the early purpose and like the product portfolio that you had envisioned? I mean, again, I was a joint smoker. So I wanted something that was like cool, chic pack that like you would put on the table. And it just kind of like serendipitously happened on the design. I was like, actually in New York, I was in the Hamptons one summer. I had like a couple of weddings out there. So like, I just asked a buddy if I could stay at his house. Brought my like skateboard out there. I have like these funny videos of me holding on to like ice cream cart trucks. I'm like 27 is at the highway out there. And I met these kids who were like working at like in the East Hampton, the like double RL store. There's like 11 kids living in this old brothel house. And one of these, I was telling this guy about my idea to start like this like joint company. He's like, hold on, I'll be right back. And he comes down. And he's like, once a year, one of my buyers from China brings me these cigarettes. I think they're called harmonization. And they look like a like Casa Me or like a, a nice tequila presentation. It opens up. There's four packs on the top, four on the bottom. The packs look incredible. It's like handpicked tobacco. And I was like, oh, that's what I want Higgs to look like. So the original Higgs looked like cigarettes. I like bought a little single injector machine. And in my loft downtown was just like making single cigarettes for two years. How, how many struggles along the way? I think one of the most fascinating parts for me is like hearing someone like yourself who's accomplished a ton, but also like you got started with an idea and then you kind of just iterated a bunch of times. Was it as seamless as you're kind of making described or was there like a million obstacles and challenges oh, along the way? Absolutely not. It's still not seamless. Like, you know, I, 
I'm so invested because like I put everything in this company. I will never let this company fail. So like, it doesn't matter what I have to do. Like I have to live at home at a time. So like my company survives, like whatever I have to do, like I have done to make sure like, and then you are like, yeah, I, I don't even know if I could go into every single detail, but just, you know, everything has been a struggle every little detail of it. And just like, you know, then there's people like don't pay you and we still don't have like good AR. And all of a sudden, you know, you're trying to operate a real company and not getting paid by people that have sold your product already. Is there like, is there certain strains when you go to Michigan, for example, do you meet with a grower and do you get to try five or six different strains and go, this one is the Higgs one, this one, not right now. How does that work? That's obviously still one of my favorite processes. Yeah, sounds, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's not a single Higgs that I haven't like of the flower that I haven't tried personally. Yeah, uh, wow. so it will be a day where I think that can't survive. But as far as it's been, I've pretty much sampled everything, and yeah, and like you know, I've I've picked within their range of what I want it to be. You're a, a true scientist. Yeah, no, I, no, not scientist. I'm a, <laughs> an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. Is there is there been a strain where you've tried it and you're like, this is awesome, but it doesn't fit under the Higgs brand? Yeah, of course. Like even our indicas, I don't want that to be a heavy, sleepy indica. So if it's like hitting me and I instantly want to go to sleep, like that's not for my consumer. I want that still to be someone who wants to be like, not necessarily active, but like doesn't need a cerebral head high. Because that's why I was smoking indica, but also isn't using it for sleep. And like go back to that time you, you grabbed that indica, right? And you were like, this is, this rips, but it's just not for the brand. Have you thought about spinning up like a sub brand or another category just to test the market, knowing that you had a really good strain that you might be able to hit, but just like on a different, not under the umbrella, but slightly to the right? No, I honestly, I don't even have like uh, that bandwidth to even think about like the sub brand yet. Like we talk about, like I'd rather put that effort into making sure and building a fence around what we're doing well already. And then adding to the other elements that's going to help build a brand, not necessarily on like the product category. I think we're pretty set on product categories for now. Like I feel good. I don't think I want to do any more R and D and come up with new packaging and all this stuff. I think now it's building the, you know, ancillary lifestyle side around it or the other goods to go with it. Like we got some, our own custom papers now, actually. Right. Yeah, that's cool. And then, you know, did some uh, custom grinders with our friends at crush. Well, just, double thing. So, you know, building out the whole, everything. <laughs> what was one of the biggest differences between the markets where, when you were expanding that succeeded and the ones where you didn't succeed? What do you think the biggest difference was? So Colorado, for one, I think it went through a lot of, iter as soon as we launched there, it went through, it's like so many different iterations of like deli style. Now we're MSO heavy. Now we have no product. Now we had everyone relying on outdoor harvest. It's gone. So it was just like, and we tried to do like have operations there. So just seeing that. And then, you know, Oklahoma was another one where you're just like, okay, I can, I know why you failed. I mean, <laughs> you have more licenses in California. So it's like it, each one's its own unique thing, but like, it's very visible why it didn't work out. And I think, you know, being mature enough to being like, this isn't working. Let's move on. There are going to be plenty of other opportunities out there later. Like we're still just at the precipice of kind of where we are. It's obviously going to tumble fast. And I think we're seeing that very recently where all of a sudden overnight, it's either you're illegal or you're not. And it's never going to change from there. But we still have a lot of time. Like there's still a lot of places that aren't online that like, I feel like we can approach it knowing all the things we've learned from the last seven years and seeing all the positive failures and approaching in the right way. Were you ever close to, uh, to closing up shop? And if so, what broke to, to alter your path? Every month since I've had a company for seven years, I've wondered if we're closing up shop. <laughs> like that's been the struggle of like a, you know, like trying to run a like, you, you know, cannabis company. Like I have every month wondered if we're still going to have a company and just like persevering and believing you can, you know? And then, you know, I think the most important book I ever read in my life was Shoe Dog. 
Phil Knight's book and you're like, oh, okay, well, this was a 50-year endeavor for you. And the first 15 of that, when it wasn't even called Nike, was doing the same thing, wondering if there was much, like, you're like, just have faith that it's all going to come together at certain times because if you don't, it doesn't, you know? Like, dream smoking session, three people dead or alive. Bob Marley, Bill Clinton. I don't know his third is. They got to fit into the trio. Do they though? I mean, I feel like those <laughs> two are getting along with like really anyone. Um, I'd like to smoke with Willie Nelson, I think. Although everyone tells me that's a terrible idea. Even the song of I'll never smoke weed with Willie again. I would just like to see how, you know, he's probably lost it now, but you know, true legendary OG smoker. Yeah. Go-to character on GoldenEye. I'm a Bond guy. That's my whole life. We're sitting here five years from now. What have you accomplished? We've launched, you know, a full, we've launched a bunch of clothing collections. We're in, uh, you know, hopefully a couple different countries. You know, we're in my home state of New York, finally. We're in my home alma mater of University of Miami in Florida, just kind of places that I, honestly, I just want to like be where I want to live to. <laughs> so <laughs> if I can just keep expanding to places that uh, we sell, no. Uh, yeah, just keep going along that, you know, we keep doing what we've been doing and, you know, we've, we've built something that people respect and that they like. When you got started in the cannabis space, what did you get right? And most importantly, what did you get wrong? Um, I mean, I got right on the thinking of where we wanted brands to go. I got wrong on how to, how that was going to go or just that cannabis like was going to be much harder to advertise from a third party perspective than anyone realized. Like, even if you're authentically a stoner, smoker, whatever you want, people aren't necessarily following you. So it makes sense. That's why I don't think any of the celebrity brands have kind of done well because it takes, it takes a lot for someone to be like, oh, I want to do this just because that person's doing it on a, on a product like cannabis. It works for every other product except for cannabis, weirdly. So hey, to our <laughs> listeners, they want to get in touch and they want to learn more about the merchandise and some of the events. Where can they find you? Start following at Higgs on Instagram and you'll start seeing some of these drops, some of these events that are going to start coming out that Golf event I talked about. And uh, yeah, it's the best way to get access to us. Uh, you want to email me, uh, ollie at higgs.life. Awesome. We'll look at all the show notes. Thanks for taking the time. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast over the last few years, can you please take three minutes or less and leave us a quick review on Apple or Spotify? All reviews make a massive difference for us and help other people like you find this podcast. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.